Hey guys, it's Kenz. You're listening to the Move of God series. If you didn't know, we actually have a workbook that goes along with this entire series. Go to forthegirl.com and purchase yours. It is full of scripture, discussion questions, prayer outlines, so many things to dive into this even deeper. It's a great personal devotional, or you can grab a couple of friends and do it together. We are so excited to get the most out of this series and grow together. Welcome to the For the Girl podcast. Join best friends Mackenzie Wilson and Mackenzie Baker from Delight Ministries as they talk about all things relationships, faith, and, well, girls. This podcast is for the girl expectant for her future, for the girl who is ready to grow, and for the girl who needs some honest answers. Get ready, because this is for you. Hello, everybody. We are back for our third week of Move of God, and we are talking all about wholeheartedness. And if you know, if you've been around the For the Girl fan for a while, you know we love talking about wholeheartedness. Yes. I think it's one of our most listened to podcast episodes a few seasons back where we (laughs) talked about wholeheartedness. Also, Mac, we did a For the Girl tour like two years ago about wholeheartedness. Like that was the overall theme, like giving your whole heart to Jesus. And Mac did a sermon that I heard about seven times and it <laughs> so was really funny. It really got you passionate about wholeheartedness. Yes. <laughs> I could quote something if you would like me to. No, let's not. Okay. Let's not do that. Um, <laughs> but yes, we really do. And we love it. We talk about it so much because we have just seen it unlock moves of God in our life. Seriously. Yes. Like I cannot wait to talk more about it. We're going to do that. We have Clay back to dive into some scripture and then Ken's and I are going to share a lot of our own experiences. But before that, you guys know it is time for our new segment all about Mac and Ken's helping you make a move. Mac and Ken's help you make a move. Okay. So I like um, our stories kind of short and sweet this week. Kind of. Yep. Yep. So, okay, Ken, I'm going to read it for anonymous. Here we go. First time hearing this, you guys are going to give our best, probably mediocre advice, but Get ready for this. Okay. (laughs) My mom has this friend who has a son around my age. Ooh, the family friend story. I've had some I've had a family friend stories, you know. You know what I'm talking about. Okay. Okay. He lives about thirty minutes away from my mom and my mom are all are and and my mom are both so busy. Our families never see each other. So I literally only see him like three or four times in my whole life. He is a Christian and he comes from a strong Christian household. These are good. He's really sweet and kind of also super cute. Let me read that again. No, he's sweet and kind and cute. Oh, I thought she said and also kind of super cute. No. Um, Or at least in her opinion. And at least in her opinion is what she says. Okay. I've had a crush on him for a while now. My parents are kind of protective when it comes to dating relationships. I wish... I could just have one conversation to see if I even like him as much as I think I do or if he likes me back. I don't know. I don't have his number or know when I'm going to see him next. But what should I do? I have a question. Do you follow Uh, him on Instagram? Can we get some context? Like what's our estimated age? Are we high school or are we college? Okay. 
twenties. Okay, 20s. I have something to say before this that okay. she kind of hinted at herself and she said, she does. Um, I wish I could have one conversation to see if I even like him as much mm, as I think I good. do. That's good. That brings up a lot. Yes, because here's the thing is, is us ladies, yeah. we Preach. often have <laughs> we uh, wow i'm losing my train of thought because you're writing <laughs> me up okay so we often like m- have these like fantasies mm-hmm. we develop these fantasies about boys from afar i mean haven't yeah. we all been here we can all raise our hand right oh we fall for the idea of people rather, rather than, than the actual people so girl you're on the right track you know that you're most likely falling more for the idea of him since you really don't know him so yeah yep. here's the thing is we're not right mac we're we're not going to get too say, excited about this. No, because I got to say, I had a very similar situation, family friend. Yeah. And we started dating because in my head, I was like, oh, my gosh, our families are friends. He's amazing, mm. whatever. Then we started dating and I. Quick, he wasn't what you I quickly had realized. Yeah, exactly. You like, created this false imagination. Exactly. Of who he was in your life. And yes. so it sounds like you're kind of doing that. You, yes. It sounds like she kind of knows that she's doing that. So that's really wise. But and I like mature. that you're just like, I want to have a conversation with him. Yes. I think that you're so on the right track. I think that. I mean, I am confused. Does he not have social media? Because I think that could be a great way. That could be really way, helpful. You know, we could follow him on the gram, send a little message, you know, something a like that. DM, or yeah. you just talk to your parents and say, hey, we should have those people. He only lives 30 minutes away. Did you notice that? Hey, we should have those people over for dinner. That'd be super fun. And then mm. like somehow you got to be like, hey, do you want to watch this show? I don't know. Okay, yeah. So you, know, you can make some moves, like utilizing social media um, or involving yeah, family dinner. family into it or yeah. something like that. Sounds that could like be good. if y'all's families are friends, you know. Yeah. It might just take a little bit of that. Um, so try to have a conversation. Yes, I think you're on the right track. Try to make a move to make that happen so that you can stop with the false imagination. I think you got to realize, too, because you're trying to figure out, like, do you even like him as a human? All these things. So, like, really, you can look, think of this as a friendship right now too, yeah. as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can think of it as same like, with your family, too. If they're feeling if you're feeling awkward about your family and being protective and yeah. stuff, like think of it as friendship. Oftentimes, us girls, we like, yeah, we jump right to the relationship. We jump right to the relationship where if you had a friendship with him first, you might be like, oh, he's a great guy, but you know, so I don't really start see myself conversation dating him. somehow over Instagram or through your family. Yeah. Try to make that happen. Try to make that happen. Develop a friendship, get to know him a little bit if you can. And if none of this can happen, I hate to break it to you, but sometimes it takes a little discipline. Discipline is a hard word. Yeah. We got to take some mental discipline. So if you're not hearing from this guy, it's just not working out. At some point, you're going to have to cut off the imagination yeah. and start you being gotta, disciplined in your thought life. I agree. You have to. I always say this, like you got to bring it down to reality. Um, mm-hmm. I think so oftentimes we let relationships live in the clouds. That's when we go to the what ifs. But oh my goodness, we could be perfect for each yeah. other. But you got to like stoop it down in reality. And the reality is you guys At have this met point. four times in your life. And, and at this point, you maybe have followed him on Instagram and he didn't follow you back. Or yeah. maybe you followed so him on Instagram and he's not any good news. Or you followed yeah. him on Instagram and there's no conversation. Or you so guys had him over for reality. dinner and you just didn't have a vibe. So you have to yeah, cut it off. Look at the facts and then remind yourself of the facts as you kind of try to process of just like getting over it. Bring so, it down. We got to. So we feel about 50 50 on like we think we should make some subtle moves to start to build a friendship. And if that mm. doesn't happen, then we're also going to just kind of let it go. Got to be disciplined. Bring it down to reality. Let it go and believe 
and look for evidence that God is going to do something else that's going to be awesome. That is right. I like how you made this spiritual. Thank you for doing that. You're welcome. But also, I feel like we had some good advice here for every girl listening. One is be careful of the false realities. All right, yes. ladies? Like, this is really important. If if something's not going to happen, see, this situation is a potential. But if it's not going to happen, cut it off and be disciplined in your thought life and bring it back to reality. Yeah, that's the so good. The second thing we really said was, you know, friendship is sometimes it starts as a friendship a little bit. You yes. don't have to jump don't to have conclusions. To jump. All right. Exactly. We got some words during wow. that, you guys. Okay. Hope that you're was taking a good notes. One. Yes. Hope you're taking notes. Yes. Again, keep us updated on what happens with this boy. We would love to know. We would love the invite to the wedding if perhaps please, it does work out. Please. Okay, guys. He we sounds awesome. Love you. It is time to get on with it and to dig into the word of God. We have Clay back on the PCAST for some truth. Let's get into it. Okay, we are back, and I am so excited to be talking about wholeheartedness. Clay, you don't know, but we talk about wholeheartedness a lot around Delight, so really hoping for some new insight, which I think you got it for us. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we're going to be just diving in with Clay. He's going to be talking about how um, when you are wholehearted, um, God can move through you. So, Clay, take us into Scripture. Awesome. Thank you again for having me. And uh, so cool that y'all talk about this. I think what a great topic, right? Mm, I mean, it, yeah. it's amazing. This is this is a big topic, but it's, it's one that uh, I, I think is very worthy to dive into. So I want to talk a little bit about um, Daniel 3, which we're seeing in a, a pretty popular story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And um, I know those names are tough, so we can we'll, maybe we'll give them nicknames as we go through. <laughs> but um, it's an interesting story, right? And in, in, in you're you're taken into uh, the province of Babylon, and there's this king, and he's got the crazy name of Nebuchadnezzar, and he creates this massive, massive idol, mm. and he says, "Hey, everybody's going to bow down. You're going to hear these horns. You're going to hear these flutes. And you're going to." This hit the ground, you're going to worship this idol. Anyone who does that, you're in good shape. Anyone who doesn't do that, you're going to be thrown into a furnace. And so it's pretty clear, right, of what was going to take place. And so they blow the horns, they blow the flutes, and everyone hits the ground. But then word gets out and finally gets back to Nebuchadnezzar that there's three guys who are in his administration. And they're Jewish guys, and they're Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they have completely disregarded his claim that everyone has to worship. So he gets very angry, right, and throws them into the furnace. And that's probably where, regardless of what your Bible knowledge is, you probably heard of the guys in the furnace, and then we get to see into the furnace, and there's a fourth man there. And walking around with the guys and they're not burned at all. So that's the story, right? But the reason that I just, right when I saw this topic and immediately thought of that was because they were forced to make a decision. And they were going to have to make that decision based on where their hearts were. Because if their hearts weren't wholehearted, they would immediately be able to find reasons why they should fall down and worship that idol, right? Mm. There's yeah. a little compromise here, a little yeah, recognize, you know, good. reconcile some differences. And, oh well, it's not that big of a deal. No one, may, no one might see us, or you know, so on and so forth. There's, if if your heart's not whole, 
then what will fill it oftentimes will be compromised. And yeah, so these these guys don't compromise, right? And, and this is what they say to the king who can kill them at any moment. They're, they're faced with this, and they have a choice, and here's what they say. They say, we don't need to give you an answer. <laughs> so they refuse to give Nebuchadnezzar mm. an answer. And they say, if it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the fiery furnace. Mm-hmm. And he will deliver us out of your hand, not just deliver us out of the furnace. So he just they look at the king, and say out of your hand, out of your power. Wow. And then they say, but even if he doesn't, let it be known to you, king, that we're not going to serve your gods or worship your golden image that you have set up. See, when things are easy, it's pretty easy to feel like you're wholehearted it, mm-hmm. because where's the resistance where's the where's the push there is there's nothing there mm-hmm. but hard times help us see how whole our heart is really another way yeah. to, to imagine it is hard times help us see where our roots are you know we've had a lot of storms here lately and so you don't really know the strengths the strength of a root system until a storm comes you can look at a tree and go it's huge it looks straight it's fine and then a storm comes and you look outside and it's fallen over. It's like, how did that happen? And you look at the roots and you go, wow, those are, those aren't really deep. Those weren't very long. Those, there weren't that many of them, but you would never have known it on the outside. Mm -hmm. So looks can be deceiving. And, but those hard times do give us kind of a test to say, where's our heart? Because it's always easy to choose God when it makes sense. And when other people are doing it. Yeah. It's yeah. just easy, right? But so, so many times, I mean, the, so many of your listeners, right, are going to be in, in situations where they're in a Bible study or they're at a conference, and it's going to be easy. It's yeah. going to feel yeah. right. It's going to, that wholeheartedness, you're like, of course, God, I'm going to give you everything. And then when he comes back and says, all right, then give me this, and it and it it's not doesn't seem fun or it doesn't yeah. seem easy, that's when you get to find out. Are you going to move towards wholeheartedness or are you going to move towards compromise? Mm, and, yeah, yeah. And, and what's amazing is when we choose wholeheartedness, yeah. it's not just that we pass a test. So I don't want, I don't want any of your listeners to think, hey, I'm, yeah, I just need good. to pass this test so that God doesn't hurt me. Yeah. Right? Mm. It's, it, there's this passage, and it's just one verse that's just amazing. And it's 2 Chronicles 16, 9. And it says, for the eyes of the Lord range through the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Wow. So yeah. just get get this picture of God just standing and looking at the earth and he's just looking, not looking to he's not looking to punish, right? That's not the image that we get of God yeah. in this passage yeah. at all. He's not looking to shame you. He's looking to strengthen the ones mm. who are choosing wholeheartedness. So when you choose wholeheartedness, you don't just mm. pass a test you receive the explicit strength of the Lord to be wholehearted. Wow. Yeah. That's why that's why you have to choose it so that then you can receive the strength to do it. And when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego chose to be wholehearted, mm-hmm. they weren't they were not alone. Immediately they're thrown into the furnace, but immediately they're not alone. Because yeah. when you choose wholeheartedness, God chooses to strengthen you. Yeah. And they were immediately strengthened, and that then creates their move of God that saves their life. Yeah. But yeah. then they come out of the furnace, and if you read the rest of the story, Daniel four and Daniel five, you see Nebuchadnezzar. He now he 
he it's a long route for him to get there but he he worships god mm, yeah and yeah. and and the babylonian king who had made a nation worship an idol through an act of wholeheartedness then is turned into someone who realizes wow. that god is is someone who needs to be worshiped yeah. pretty awesome yeah that's incredible that, I mean, wow. I was the whole time I was like, yes, amen, amen. It's so good. It's so true because you really see it. I love the scripture you talked about from, did you say second Chronicles? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I love that because I think that is so true. Like God is looking for the people who are like, God, I will give mm-hmm. you everything. And yeah. I see, honestly, when I look around at the people in my life who I see God using the most, there is this surrenderedness that's hard to describe where yeah. they're like, you know, whatever wherever whenever like my answer is yes and um I ask questions later that kind of just like (laughs) movement towards God and Mm -hmm. and what is so cool about this story that you shared is that um their their wholeheartedness and that choice that they made to like follow through with that wholeheartedness it really did kind of give a platform for God to do something incredible you know for God to do the miraculous um they very easily could have been like okay, no, we're going to do it this way. We'll just bow down. But, you know, deep down, we know what we think or whatever, like kind of those Mm -hmm. compromises you talked about. Yeah. And then we wouldn't have this incredible miracle moment where God delivered these three men from the furnace, you know? like That's That's right. It's so cool to see. Like, that's just a tangible example of how a wholehearted heart really does, like, give even it just like opens the door for God to do miraculous, incredible things and Mm. for other people to just see God's goodness on display. Mm, And this story is just such a tangible representation of that. And I think that's so cool. And I, I just love what you talked about that compromises thing. Cause Ken's and I talk about that a lot, how the half-heartedness often sounds like it's not that big of a deal or does it really matter? And so how, how can we kind of like, what are some like triggers in our own life that we can see for maybe our whole heart not being surrendered to God? Like, are there any things like, cause I think it's often subtle. Sometimes we don't notice it. So how can we kind of see that in our own life? Yeah, that's a great question. I I think you, you're often just going to see it when, you have to go through a process of deciding whether you're going to obey what you know to be true or not is. So yeah. in our house, like when we're parenting our kids, one of the things that we, we teach our kids is that slow obedience is not obedience. Mm. And so, you know, one of our kids sits there and goes, hey, make make up your bed. It's like, ah, damn, I mean, I'm, I'm going to sleep at it in four hours. And... Um, but it's, it's not that really important because I'm going to jump on it later, you know, or that. And then they're just trying to find a way out. Yeah. And so when you're trying to find a way out, you need to ask yourself why. Yeah. And good. what's what's in there that you're wanting to satisfy other than yeah. no, doing what you know is right. Yeah. It's really and uh, it's just that that self you just need to check your self-talk. Right. We talk to ourselves mm. all the time, whether whether we actually say it out loud or whether we just think it. But yeah. we have self-talk constantly. Mm. And if you're if you're having conversations with yourself that you hope God doesn't hear um, so that you can <laughs> rationalize wow. some wow. things out of there, yeah. then that's a that's a that's a good sign that you might want to um, reconsider uh, what what you're doing. Uh, another thing, you know, that I've done to myself, if I were to be honest, is to see my track record on deciding things 
what I think is right and what I think is wrong. Uh, yeah. uh, so, um, hey, I think I shouldn't say this to this guy, even though I, you know, I feel like that's what God would want me to do. And then after it's over and after that scenario plays out, I write, I record, how did that, how did that work out? Mm-hmm. And would it have worked out a little bit better? And it's not to make me feel awful about myself, but it's just to say, hey, look, just remind myself, yeah. I'm I'm not as smart as I think I am, and I don't know as much as I think that I do. And wholeheartedness is it. It, it, it there is a surrender to it for sure. Mm-hmm. But the reason that it surrender is such a good thing is because it's there's an immediate exchange, and you're giving away yeah. your life and your thoughts and your preferences, but then you're receiving, like I mentioned, the strength of the Lord, the favor of the Lord and all those good things. And so which one would I rather have my decision-making abilities or God's favor and strength? And I just have to, sometimes I have to write that down and say, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. So. Yeah. I love that. That's so good. I'm glad you added that too, because I think so. I think wholeheartedness in our world today, it's like, seems like the hard decisions like, oh, you don't want to do that. Like, why would you choose that? But yeah. the testament of it, like if you've walked through it before, if you've made a decision with wholeheartedness, like I'm sure you can look back and be like, that was a whole lot better than the other mm. season. A whole lot better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's good. It might be hard in the moment, but but yes. it's the best in the long haul and um, yeah, gives all the glory back to God. Yeah. So good. Mm-hmm. Clay, thank you so much. Um, we are receiving so much from all of your wisdom. It's incredible. I'm excited for next week and we will see you then. All right. All right, you guys, we are so excited to talk about giving the Lord your whole heart, not just 99 point nine percent not definitely not 50 but giving him 100 percent of your life (laughs) and your heart and this has been a huge part of mac and i's faith journey since um really giving our lives to the lord and definitely after just like really having the calling to step into ministry we knew that came with like giving everything to the lord like every decision needs to honor god and every our life outside of delight needs to honor and exemplify jesus um and so this has just been a big part of our life. We've seen when we gave our parts of our hearts to other things, which there's for sure been times how that just like created like just like division in um, our relationship with Jesus. And so that's how you want to dive into this one. It's also huge. If you want to see God move, if you want to see God yeah. move, you got to give him your whole heart and be all in. And, you know, here's the thing is wholeheartedness mm-hmm. uh, is maybe even a controversial subject a little bit in today's society, only yeah. because we hear sometimes like, you know, you probably heard it before. And whether I don't know if it's through social media or conversation with your friends or through shows you're watching or whatever, but it kind of tells us. The Bachelor. <laughs> oh no! Why did I kind of think of The Bachelor too? Because the I think oh, it's no. the um, oh gosh the Hannah Brown thing, you know? <laughs> oh, the Hannah you, Brown drama. Yes, exactly. Gosh, yeah, just kind of like the overall vibe of being like, it's okay if you do that thing. It's all right. You can do. You can have your cake and yeah, eat it too. I can love Jesus and still do whatever I want. Whatever I want. And so, I I know it's a little controversial, but we really believe with our whole heart that honestly it it isn't that like if you're gonna if you're gonna choose to be a disciple of Jesus if you want to see and be a part of a 
movement of God. It actually is a pretty clear path and clear decisions to follow him in every area of your life, every single area of your life. The things that people don't see, the people that think people do see, the little things, the details, the minute decisions you make all matter. And so we're diving into this subject and how it's been a part of our life. Yeah. And I think that the truth is and kind of the reality of wholeheartedness is that all of us are kind of so used to and almost numb to and yeah. wired to live half-hearted, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like we're so used to giving half of our heart to God, saying, God, I'm all in, like church on Sunday morning, sign me up for the Bible study. I want to do the move of God study, you know, all these different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're in halfway. And then with the other half of our heart, we literally like chase after things of this world. We, we idolize relationships. We idolize sins. We, um, idolize like different people and material things and all of these different things. And I think that what the truth is, is that we're so used to it. Like we, we really have convinced ourselves that that's okay. And in some ways, like, can you live half hearted and, and have a good life, have a decent life. I don't really know, perhaps maybe, but I have found that when I do the hard heart work of saying, okay, God, what are the things in my heart that I haven't fully surrendered to you? When I identify those Mm -hmm. things, when I pull those things out, when I work through those things and I say, God, what am I doing? I want this to, to fall under kind of your Lordship. I want this to, to fall into surrender to what you want for my life. When I do those things, when I, when I have those moments where I am wholehearted, it unlocks such abundance and such fruit in my life. Yes. And I want to live in those moments where I'm like, God, you are using me. Like you Mm. are using me as your hands and feet of this world because it brings such joy and satisfaction that the world can never provide. And so I don't really think wholeheartedness is necessarily like living in perfection. It's not that like legalistic thing of like, I can't sin. I can't do this. I, you know, have to read my Bible for this long every single day. Wholeheartedness is truly just like choosing to do hard heart work every single day. And let me tell you, it is a daily discipline because our hearts, it's, let me tell you too, scripture, all <laughs> yeah. throughout scripture, it talks about heart for like the last like four or five years. Um, every time I find the word heart in scripture, I circle it. And literally, if you mm-hmm. looked into my Bible, it is full of circles because God talks about the heart so much because our heart is the place in which we, we love God out of, but it's also mm-hmm. the place in which we love the world out of. And so it is such a vulnerable place that we have to pay attention yeah. to. We can't just like go on autopilot or numb. We have to pay mm-hmm. attention to what's happening in our heart because it's the place mm-hmm. where we can worship God, the father, but it's also the place where we can worship the things of this world. Yeah. And so that's why we got to pay attention to it. We got to do the hard heart work every single day of saying, God, what am I giving my heart to today? Because if I'm giving my heart to other things, it means I'm not giving my full heart to you. And you'll just see throughout scripture too, especially in the Old Testament, you see wholeheartedness was often the marker of the people that God used the most. Mm. David, David was known for being wholehearted. He was a man who was after God's heart and God used David in incredible, incredible ways. He wasn't perfect, We all know the story of Bathsheba. He was not 
perfect, but he was wholehearted in the way that he loved God. And um, I think that that's what we're talking about here mm-hmm. is wholeheartedness. It's not this legalistic, like you got to do this, you got to stop doing that. No, it's this approach where um, God can begin to use you in huge, amazing ways. And that's incredible. And that is so fruitful and so fulfilling and gives mm-hmm. you just like an invitation into abundant life with Jesus. That's wholeheartedly. Right. Hey, For The Girl fam, we know you have heard us talking so much about Delight over the last few weeks, and it's because God is moving in big ways to this ministry, and we want to continue watching Him move on college campuses nationwide. We are so excited to introduce you to our friend, Sydney Crumley, who started a Delight chapter at Lee University, and have her share a little bit about her experience. So Sydney, we are so excited you are here with us. I am so excited to be here with both of you ladies and to talk to my delight girls. Oh my goodness, this is so fun. So Sid, tell us, how did starting a delight chapter impact your time in college? So starting my delight chapter definitely brought me the community that I was missing when I was in college. I had searched several different places to try to find my fit on campus and different clubs and organizations, but none of them compared to what I found in delight. And what I found in Delight was really just a community of women who had their sights set on God and would encourage me and walk through life together with me in all seasons. So good. I love that. Okay, tell us how leading a Delight chapter has strengthened your relationship with Jesus. I am such a worrier and I like to have control of it all. And I definitely had to learn to trust in His ways. There were so many different moments in Delight where he would just rock my world and all the details would fall together at the last minute. And I truly saw his sovereign plan at work in our delight chapter. Wow, that is so good. Okay, what is your biggest piece of advice for girls that are maybe listening right now and thinking about starting a delight chapter on their campus? Definitely just don't ignore the nudges and whispers of the Holy Spirit. Everything has a reason that you have the power to do it and let him work his way through you. That is so good. Thank you so much, Sydney. You guys, the Started Delight campaign is full swing right now. Our vision is that every single college has a Delight chapter on their campus by the year of 2030. You can help make that happen. Do you desire a Christ-centered community on your college campus? We believe that God wants to use you to create, shape, and lead a community of women chasing after his heart. We want to invite you to start a chapter and create a space for hundreds of women to grow in their relationship with Jesus. So go ahead, go to our website, delightministries.com, learn more, and get a chapter started. That's right. I'm just thinking of all the women listening to this podcast right now. You know, the world needs us. Um, uh, God needs us to give our whole heart to him um, so that he can use us to our full capacity. He can use all of our gifts, all of our mind, all Mm -hmm. of our spirit, all of our soul. And it takes just going all in. It takes him marking us to be a part of this movement. And, you know, this is so funny. I think of like my life or our lives, like leading delight. Um, 
there's been so many moments where we've had to where, well, first of all, I'll say there's so many moments where we hadn't given our whole heart. And this yeah. is why we talk about this is because we feel there was times in our ministry journey where we were only giving a piece of our heart to Jesus. And it maybe looked like 70% to the Lord and maybe only a smaller part to <laughs> our boyfriends or our friends that maybe weren't so good for us or um, a decision we were making on the weekends or even just like to the small things are the big things and it hugely affected our effectiveness in delight um and it's so tangible to like I can remember being like having to um even like have brainstorm sessions with Mac about like some idea we wanted to have and you know on and behind the scenes I was maybe living in a little bit of sin and I was like out of ideas I just like it felt like the spirit just kind of like was out of me because it, because I was taking uh, I was giving the enemy like a piece of my heart and the piece of my life and it left me like empty dry and kind of useless um, in ministry and useless in the kingdom of God. And so the reason why we talk about this with so much passion is because we've been there. We've been yeah. in dry seasons and the dryness was came out of like only giving a piece of our heart to the Lord. Mm. And then, and then there's been seasons where we chose to give, go all in. Like yeah. there's been seasons yeah. where we like very tangibly just lived in a sensitivity to the spirit. And we're like, okay, is there anything in my life? Like surface anything yeah. that is, yeah. um, like walking in disobedience or surface any ugliness in our spirit. And we live in such conviction to give our whole heart. And through that, there has been so much fruit. It's seriously yeah, an overflow. Yeah. Like if you are in a moment of just like wrestling and struggling and feeling like empty, dry, um, inconsistent, like try just giving your whole heart back yeah, to Jesus. And I promise yeah. ministry life alongside of Jesus will feel a whole lot yeah. easier. That's so good. Right? Yeah, that's so good. And, and practically too, I'm just sitting here thinking like if I was listening to this, I might be thinking, okay, wholehearted. I want to be wholehearted. How do I do that? What does that look like? You know, yeah. all these things. And I think that it looks different for everybody and it truly is a process. It's it's not necessarily like an overnight thing. And again, I said it's a daily discipline. And yeah. so what I mean by that, a daily discipline, we have um, prayer pads. I think we've talked about them on the For the Girl podcast before. Yeah. But one of the prompts in the daily prayer pad is this section. It's called, ugh, I messed up. <laughs> But to me, this is where I do my heart work every single day. So um, every single day when I enter into my time with Jesus, like I literally think back on the day before and think about like those places in my life, those the times throughout things, my day things, yeah, yeah, where I like gave my heart to something else, where I said something that wasn't a reflection of God's heart. And if mm -hmm. I said something that wasn't a reflection of God's heart, then there's probably something in my heart that is not of him. And so yeah. it's just an indicator for me of the condition of my heart. And mm. like, seriously, every single day I have something every on that day. list. And that's the time where I like rework it and I go, oh my gosh, God, okay, I please like take this thing from me. Like mm. I want to give you all of my heart. And you know, four, five, six years ago, those things, there were some big things on that list. Like things mm. that I was like, whoo, these are nasty. Like I got a lot of work to do. Yeah. And, and it, I think it was cause I was only doing it seasonally. You know, I do it like once every two mm. or three months, but when you do the daily work, um, they're like kind of smaller little doses of things where you can go, oh my gosh, pride. I got to work on mm. my pride. Oh my gosh, jealousy. I 
got to work on my jealousy. Mm. Oh my gosh. Um, you know, just all these different things where mm. maybe I'm not feeling contentment at this season. And so mm. I really do think if you're sitting there and you're like, I want to be wholehearted, I don't know where to begin. I don't even know where to start. It's truly that daily, daily discipline of identifying those things. Um, and so we yeah, want to give you good. just like a tangible way to do that too, beyond kind of a daily discipline. And yes. so we're going to talk about that. So our challenge for you this week is all about giving God back the your whole, whole heart. thing, you guys. Let's give it all back to him. Okay, so the first thing, like Mac was saying, and honestly, the prayer pad might be a really helpful tool here. Yeah. I actually was just doing it this morning, and the Lord convicted me of something, right? too. So every day. Every day. You're like, I get to Little that, ugh, I messed up section, and I'm like, Ugh. And then he <laughs> equips you, though, yeah. and you can be step back into the movement of God, right? Okay, so the first thing though is sitting with Jesus every morning, whether you have the prayer pad or not, and just identifying an area of your life that maybe isn't fully surrendered to him. Like maybe it's a secret sin, maybe it's a relationship, a big thing, a small thing, um, whatever it is, like identify that thing and just like take this time and let God like stir conviction in your heart. Like I love that. Just being open and humble enough to be like, God, what is it in me? Yeah, what was it good. yesterday? What was it this week that like yeah. is maybe a little off path? Yeah. And um, yeah. And I think when it comes to heart work too, oftentimes we're so wired to feel shame or to like, you know, to be like, oh, oh I know yeah. I messed up. Whatever, God, let me write it down. But dig deeper. Don't yeah. just go, oh, that was the thing I messed up in. Ask God, like, God, why? Like, what is that piece of my heart that I yeah. haven't surrendered to you that's like making me do that? That's making me want to like, you know, sin in this way or making me want to say these things. I think this is really your time between you and the Lord. Like, do that hard heart work. And it, yeah. it's a conversation. It's not just like it it's not just admitting it. Yeah. It's diving deeper and trying to figure you out really the why go behind it. The surface. So yeah. yeah. So identify that area of your life this week. Second, we really believe that wholeheartedness grows in community. So we want you to bring it to your people. Who are those girls? Maybe it's your for the girl or your move of God group. Maybe it's a, mm. you know, your friend, a, a mentor at church, someone who disciples you, but bring it to those people, pray over it together, mm. get vulnerable with each other. Like don't mm. just share like, Oh yeah, you know, I did this the other week. Mm. Again, share the why behind it. Share like, what's the condition of your heart that's leading mm. to that thing with your people these are going to be such fruitful conversations such powerful conversations yes. i think you're going to find that everybody in the room is like shoot me too honestly that's true um and that's just going to like bring more people into freedom and usher in like more of light into darkness so that's yes. amazing and then keep each other accountable i think oftentimes um when it comes to wholeheartedness we like admit the thing and then um we go back you know we we mm -hmm. will be wholehearted for a day or two mm -hmm. and then we go back the other way and yeah. so accountability within your community of saying, Hey, how are you doing with that thing? Like, yeah, I know when I tell Ken's I'm struggling with something like she's not going to let me keep struggling with it. She's mm. going to keep asking me and checking in on me. And so do that for your people. Do That's that with your good. move of God groups. Um, so I think good. wholeheartedness grows in community. So good. Okay. So sit with the God and let him identify something. Let him stir conviction, be humble, then bring it to your community. And the last thing is shift your mind, shifting your mind from the things that you maybe have to give up and to the, 
to the things that you get to do with God. You see, when you lay that thing down, that sin, that little mess up, that bad mindset, there's going to be a whole door open of new opportunity. And yeah. that's when a move, that's Ooh, when you get to step into a movement yes. of God. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to do this thing now. Like I'm going to be, I'm going to be kinder and that's going to shift things or I'm going to share the gospel with this girl because I haven't in a while. I've been shutting it off and that's when they come to know Jesus. You guys, this is when a movement of God happens. So we're so excited about this, you guys. So excited. Give your whole entire heart. Seriously, it might be a one- 0.1%. 0.1%. Yeah. Give it back to him. But it Just matters. It, it matters. Some of you guys might have to do a lot of work. 50% been there. Probably wasn't too long ago. Let's <laughs> just dive in. This chapter yeah. might take a little bit longer It might take us a little bit longer. Yes. But yes, keep pressing into this this week. Keep meeting with community, talking through this. Um, and we're right here with you. Like yes. seriously, every morning we are waking up and saying, God, what are the pieces of my heart that are not we in total to surrender this. to you? And yes, so we're in God. this together. Truly um, keep studying in your Move of God books. And then we are back next week for an amazing conversation all about unity. We are, again, so passionate about this topic. It's so fitting for the times. We want to talk to you guys about how do we unify um, rather than divide and how that leads to moves of God in our life. It's going to be an awesome week. And we will see you guys next Tuesday for another episode of the For the Girl podcast.